into the contest. It's Thursday the 3rd of June. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, you spoke to Stuart Clark and Rachel Beck. Next episode of The Lunch with Lee or one that's coming up real soon. Yeah, it comes out Monday. Uh, Stuart Clark, the former Australian fast bowler, and Rachel Beck, who was in uh, the TV sitcom Hey Dad. She's also a musical theatre person, She's a really refreshing person. Mm. Uh, and we speak a lot about uh, sort of young kids coming through the both the sports and the arts, and uh, and what advice you would give them. It's a really good, really good episode. Yeah, it's compulsive listening. That's absolutely lunch with Lee today on Afternoon Sport. We are joined by media megastar and of course former Wallabies coach Alan Jones and the man that scored the miracle. Try in State of Origin, Mark Coyne. Look, Shane, Nick Hockley has been given the full-time job with Cricket Australia. He's got a big task, hasn't he? One of the great challenges is our Ashes players, many of them because of the change of the IPL, won't get a lot of red ball form before the first test. Yeah, I agree, mate. And Nick Hockley, we, we put an, an Englishman in charge of Cricket Australia, and he's a rugby player as well, which is uh, – so go figure, mate. But uh, we'll see how he goes. He has the full support of the board, obviously. But, yeah, um, a lot of our players are not going to be getting the proper run into – what I think is a very, very important Ashes series. Yeah, absolutely. It sure is. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Australia versus England at the end of the year. I cannot wait for this show too. We've got a cracker today. Coming up next, media star, of course, former Wallaby coach, Alan Jones. It's an absolute delight on Afternoon Sport to be joined now by former Wallabies coach, media megastar, Alan Jones. How are you? What did you say then? Media megastar, <laughs> Alan Jones. How are you? Say that again, will you? AJS Lee here, mate. It's great to be talking to the Bradman of radio. I always like to say that. <laughs> now, Naomi Osaka, what, what are your thoughts on her? She's obviously, it's, it's serious in her head. She's pulled out of the, the French Open, which is obviously a massive tournament. But what's your take on this whole... There's two points here, Arthur Shane. I mean, and you know this as an international cricketer mm-hmm. and I, I found this as, as a rugby coach you do get sick and tired of being asked the same questions over and over and over mm-hmm. again now the notion of compulsory media conferences at the end of a tournament I think is absolutely absurd the second point I'd say is that I think this is a, a valid story she's been rubbished by a lot of people but she's inherently shy and very withdrawn and I think if it's her entitlement to to skip a press conference, that doesn't offer an unfair advantage to her as opposed Mm. to others. I think we've got to be careful of the incidence of mental illness and so on because uh, if Naomi Osaka, she shouldn't have to withdraw, but some accommodation should have been made about how her concerns and the pressure she feels when she meets these press conferences. Yeah, you can't you can't underestimate mental health. You cannot underestimate, regardless of the circumstance, uh, the last two years, whichever way you look at it, it's been a v- bit of a bludger of a time. And, you know, tennis is an isolating game. And, and you, you, you know, you played at quite a, a high level as a junior, but it's a different game. You're by yourself. So, look, we wish Naomi Osaka all the time. Moving to rugby league, Jonesy, um, what do you think of the way that these new rules have been brought in and... And the way that the players are reacting, because the players, what they're upset about is that they haven't been consulted enough in their view. Well, look, I, I think Volandis is right. If, if a kid's going to be, you see a kid going to be run over in the street 
What is the consult about? You're going to mm. rescue the kid. Now, I have always argued, see, where this started, Tim and Shane, is there was a rugby league coach in Sydney who actually won premierships. He was regarded as an outstanding coach of his time, but he was utterly defensive, utterly defensive in his thinking. Now, mm. every rugby league player at the time had a high carriage of the football. If he was a right-hander, mostly in his left hand, and the ball would be carried up around his left breast. The right hand would be used to palm someone off. Now, the problem if you want – one of the problems that defence – the greatest problem that defence has – in rugby league or rugby union is if people can move the football. Shifting the football puts the greatest possible pressure on the defence. Mm. So we started this stuff about tackling not the bloke but the football, and that meant going high to yep. deny the passing of the football. Mm. Out there in punterland, they want to see the ball being moved around. And at the time I said, well, every club has two colours, and I believe there's a top colour, whether it's red and white, put white at the top and red on the pants, and you can't tackle on the top colour, and that would open the game up to people being able to use the football, put greater pressure on the defence and so on. Now, what's happened now as a result of this knock off the football, the tackles are high and Volantis is right. I mean, this is a crisis in the game and we've all got to make adjustments. Yes, it's been a bit awkward in the last couple of mm -hmm. weeks and we don't quite know what's happening and people are being sent off and given 10 minutes and so on. That's all the kind of adjustment that I think has to be made to a necessary change. On this one, I think Volantis is 100% correct and I hope the players understand that he's acting in their best interests. There's nothing to discuss here. We can't be building people over the head. Alan, just quickly, the state of rugby union. We've got a, uh, a South African in charge who played for Wales, who worked in the, the UAE, and now he's running Rugby Australia. How are we going to go here? How many people are there in Australia? 25 million? Yep. And we can't find an Australian? I know. A Shane Lee or someone to mm. run rugby who know the Australian way of life, who know the game backwards? You're kidding me. I'm sick know. and tired of all of these people. There are there are very fine Australians who can't get a look at. This bloke was a failure at Sanzar. We've now imported failure. I mean, he's getting all this money. <laughs> he's invisible. Have you heard anything that he said that might be where the rugby family would say, whoa, how good's this? Hey, who's this bloke? Let's hear more from him. No, nothing. I mean, it's like it's a, it's a rugby morgue, a rugby morgue, and we've got the wrong people in charge. How many imported coaches have we had for New South Wales and they can't win a game? And the simple thing to do, if you're short of money, adopt the Barcelona model, adopt the Collingwood model, allow the members, the rugby family to pay a membership, 100 doc. 200 bucks, but if it was 100 bucks and you had a million just using the maths, that's $100 million. Now, what do mm -hmm. they get for that? They get a say in who runs the game. They vote for the president. They vote for the board. They get access to tickets. They don't get free tickets, but they get it. They're, they're there automatically. They get first choice of tickets and you get an update. What? For 100 bucks or 150 bucks? Good and you've, got the, you've got the family involved. You've got money for grassroots. No, no, we don't <laughs> want to know about that. You know what? Because, AJ, at junior level, I've got a couple of boys that play and one has just they made the Eastwood under 12s. There's so many green sprouts across the landscape, but there's just no continuity, is there? And, and look, New Zealand's a smaller country. No, you're absolutely right, Timmy. And, and look, people, kids love it. And I, I said, I, I said, right, I'll give you one example. I don't care. But I said to McLennan, this was last year, which was, I think, I don't know, we, we won in 86. We were the last team to win in New Zealand in 86, so however long ago that was. And I said, look, on the eve of the test at Eden Park, 
Why? Because Campisi scored the last try in 86 for us when we hammered mm-hmm. the All Blacks at Eden Park. Wouldn't it be nice if you said we're going to appoint Campisi ambassador to schools rugby? What would that mean? You'd do a highlights package of this freak, two wow. minutes of Campisi, and he would be paid to go into the schools and say, now, listen, boys, I, I, the reason I want you to play this game rather than these other games is this is the way we play the game. And there's Campisi doing breathtaking things. Kids would go home and say, Dad, there was a fella at school today. I don't know what his name was because, they, you know, Campo is 50 or something. I don't know what his name was, but he played. He was a he, Campo. Was, Campisi, that was him. That was him. Oh, Dad would say, hey, hey, son. Well, he said, I'd like to be like Campisi. Mm. And he's, no, not even a response not even a response. I said, mm. make him the ambassador for schools rugby because you go out to these schools, you see AFL posts up, you see soccer nets up, and they can't feel the 15 C's at shore. Yeah. The lunatics are running the asylum, mate. They've got, they've got to want to want that Wallaby jersey. They've got to really want it. Mate, we'd love to get you on the show again, but I just do, I just wanted to finish by asking. Uh, cutting me off. You're cutting oh, me off. Only because only, <laughs> only, only we've only got a certain amount of time, because otherwise I'd talk to you all day and so would Shane. And I'd love to have a glass of a cold libation with you at some point as well. Um, <laughs> your, good, your good friend and mine, John Massara, has just become chairman of Racing Australia. Uh, there's not a better human being and not a, a better person in the industry to be navigating. The, the fortunes of this sport, is it? Absolutely right. Look, Masara is an iconic figure and one of the legends in the industry. The biggest issue here, and without there are issues. I mean, the whips are an issue for a start. Um, you know, people are worried about all of that. But the biggest issue, uh, Tim, in this, and it's not a reflection on anybody at all, but we are one industry in one nation. We, not, we shouldn't have New South Wales competing for Victoria. Now, if on the day... I'll just give you an example. If on the day of the Victoria Derby, now the iconic Derby Day in Melbourne is unbelievable. The, mm-hmm. I regard it as the best, beats Ascot and everything, the best racing day of the year. Love it. Derby, got the McKinnon Stakes, and the next Tuesday is the Melbourne Cup and so on. It's a phenomenal day. Now, if on the other hand, you're going to put a race on in Sydney, which is worth twice the prize money, say, of the Derby, then Jockeys have got to make a living, earn a living. They get a percentage of the winnings. So if you've got a race day up here with greater prize money on the same day as the derby, then your jockeys are going to come here because the return to the jockey is greater. Mm. Now, that means that you've got owners of outstanding horses in Victoria not having access to the best jockeys. Now, I'm not criticising that Volandis has done a phenomenal job for rugby league and for racing here, and he's a decent and reasonable sort of bloke. But what you've got to do is sit down and say, listen, you've done a phenomenal job promoting the, the, the industry here, wonderful prize money, great opportunities for owners and whatever, but we've got to reach some compromise between the two states so these clashes don't occur because we are, at the end of the day, one industry. Now, Masara will be an independent chairman, and he has a magnificent, I hate the word vision, magnificent vision of the industry. He's got experience in the industry. He's respected in the industry, and his appointment as chairman of Racing Australia can only be a big, big plus. AJ, Masara, he is an iconic figure, and so are you, mate, and you're a legend, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, boys. Can't wait to see you again, mate. Thank you, mate. You too. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, it was not a try. It was a miracle. Queenslander Mark Coyne. That's not a try. That's a miracle. 
Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play. A free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. All right, it is time to talk the great game of Rugby League and the man that scored arguably, I know it was for Queensland, but it was the greatest ever State of Origin try, Mark Coyne. Joins us. How are you, Corny? Yeah, I'm going really good. Thanks. Pretty excited about uh, Wednesday night's game. We should be, mate. So 27 years ago, mate, 1994, you crash over. Ray Warren says, that's not a try, that's a miracle. And it still cuts me deep today as a blue supporter, mate. <laughs> you still living it? Uh, well, it gets uh, rolled out, I suppose, every year. And uh, <laughs> I suppose it's a nice way to be remembered you know, in terms yeah. of my, my time in the game. People generally... You know, align that try with with uh, my career, so it's not a bad one to have, mate. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it's nearly twenty years ago, Mark. I know. I sort of watch the uh, I watch the players nowadays, and you know, I, I played at eighty five kilos, and mm. now you know my position there one hundred and five, and it's just a different game. Uh, you know, I, I like the era that I played, and I think it was a a good fun era. Uh, you know, I think there's there's a, there's a lot of challenges, obviously now, and we've seen a lot of the debate around around the concussions and and and, mm. and like so, uh, it's, a, it's a different game, but it does feel like a long time ago, Tim. That's for sure. Hey, um, Mark. So Queensland are going in with some um, players under injury cloud. You've got Munster, Grant, and Ponga. Um, what's the inside word? Are they going to be fit? Queensland normally sort of bung on a few injuries before a game, don't they? Yeah, we always do that. I have to laugh. <laughs> a lot. But I think I think they've already ruled Ponga out, so I think Ponga's okay. uh, done. So so I think he's he's not playing on Wednesday night, but. I'd be surprised if, if Munster and Harry Grant aren't playing. Um, this Harry Grant's out of the bag, isn't he, Mark? Um, look, what he has done so far with Melbourne, what he did in Origin last year, even what he did with the Tigers. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's sort of come out of the clouds, hasn't he? He's has had a big rap on him for for a lot of time, and uh, you know, I think everyone was sort of you know wondering how he stepped up to Origin uh, last year. But you know, when he when he played last year, uh, when you know Friendy came off, he, he was just simply outstanding, and he's. He's going to end up being, I think, a long-term hooker for Queensland. Yeah, I think you're right there, mate. What are your initial thoughts on on the Blues team, mate? Um, unfortunately, every year we seem to pick guys out of position. We've got Latrell Mitchell and and Trebojevic, who are two great players in their own right, but both playing in the centres, but not playing that position for their clubs this year. Yeah, I, I sort of thought, I thought you'd ask me this question. Yeah. Uh, I'm an old centre. Look, I think there's definitely you know when you, you play in the centres, I, I think attacking wise those guys would be fine because they're phenomenal athletes and. Great players, great mobility and strength. But it's sort of the defensive stuff, which, which is a real key, because you've got to make the right decisions. You know, do you wedge in? Uh, do you bring your winger in with you? You know, do you go up and slide out? And the game's so fast, it's, it's really easy to, to make a mistake. And I think the fact that those guys don't have, you know, a lot of experience playing in the three or four, I think it might be a little bit of a weakness. I'm sure Freddie will have him primed up. But, but yeah, I, I don't really like seeing put in the centres who, who sort of don't generally play that, you know, week in, week out. I don't like saying these kinds of things because it is state of origin and I'm a blue to my bootlaces. But we do look just so much stronger. This New South Wales team looks so powerful. You've got Cleary. You've got, uh, you know, that whole Penrith spine. They just, they look such a better team, Mark. Oh, yeah. You can go through the years, mate, and then talk, mm. talk about it. Even before... You know that Queensland had that had that phenomenal era. Even the first few years uh, when Mel took over, there was there was questions around you know the strength of the team. But obviously, eventually they end up being being, being a pretty 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 special team. But maybe even back in nineteen ninety five when we played in that in that you know, 
Super League series when they didn't pick those players and uh, and Fatty was our coach. Like we were given no chance. We only had like four players that hadn't really played Origin before and a whole heap of debutants. But it's just, I don't know what it is, mate. It's just, it, it is a bit of a cliche. You pull that maroon jersey on, you go a little bit taller, but it just, it just, just does, does seem to happen for Queenslanders. And as you said, you look on paper, and absolutely on paper, they're a stronger team. But, but you know, once you get out there in that cauldron, it's a mm. different different game. Now the, now, the Premier of Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk, she likes to close the borders, but she's kept them open here because half the team, Queensland team, are from outside Queensland, mate. What is going on? What is going <laughs> on? Uh, we do like to broaden our borders when we need to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, Greg Inglis grew up in the north of Sydney. Um, but, yeah, look, th- there's nothing quite like the origin. Better. Just, just just sort of changing tack slightly, what are, you, what are you thinking of what's going on over the past few weeks? The players are getting very vocal about not being concerned Consulted. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you make of the whole drama with the high tackles and the changing of the rules? Oh, I think, I think there's obviously there's always you know ways you can reflect back and do things differently. In, in terms of the principle, I'm absolutely 100 percent that they've got to, they've got to get out, get get the high tackles out of the game. You know, I know I've got, I've got a I've got a young boy playing for the Sharks in the Jersey flag, and he's had four concussions in the last two years, and he's only a little guy. And uh, so I'm pretty biased in that regard. But I've got to get it out of the game. I think the only way they can do it is by Taking a hard line, and I'm 100. percent We got to get, we got to get the high shots out of the game because it's going to kill the game. Whether it's going to be through, you know, multiple lawsuits, or it's going to be through families just not letting their kids play the game anymore. Yeah, well said, mate. Now, uh, the first game in Townsville, which is uh, got to be a huge advantage. There, they are very parochial up there in, in far north Queensland, aren't they? Oh yeah, they love their football. You know, all over Queensland, Shana, you know that. Obviously, it's the first game I think they've ever played up an Origin up in up in North Queensland, so it'll be. We packed to the rafters. Uh, I think you know home games do give the home side an advantage, and you know obviously hoping that it gives us a bit of a, a bit of a nice start. Yeah, and it'll make it so much sweeter when New South Wales kick their ass. I, I really do believe that. Very good, very good. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, these games are so close, as you yeah, guys know. know. Like, it's anything can happen, and uh, you know New South Wales can use it their advantage. We did that many times, and I put on the jersey. We love going down and upsetting. Mm. You know. The New South Wales Blues, and I'm sure that they've got the same mindset when they go up there. Coiny, big game tonight for the Dragons, of course, the Broncos. Uh, Jack DeBellin back playing, uh, an opportunity for them to go to 12 points. They've they've wobbled a bit after a very good start to the year. Your team, yeah, they have. They uh, started off uh, pretty well, but obviously, yeah, they, they've had you know some pretty poor losses, uh, and uh, yeah, they need to get get back on the winning groove. They've got Jack DeBellin coming back. It'll be interesting mm. to see how he goes. He's had a long time out of the game, and and you know the game changes every year, but you know he, he's from all accounts that I've been told he's a phenomenal trainer and he's kept really really fit. Yeah, go the Dragons. Now I just want to ask you, Mark, is, is it normal that on Wednesday night I'll be sitting on my couch with my footy boots on, my mouth guard in, my Blues jersey on? That's normal, isn't it? <laughs> well, probably probably for you, Shane. I'm sure you're always trapped to being an NRL player, mate. But you couldn't quite get there. Oh, and he wants to take on Paul Gallen as well. I tell you what, it's a late bloom. I don't know how I don't know how he gets his cold libation through the mouth guard. But Mark, uh, look, always great to have a chat, mate. We'd love to get you back on Afternoon Sport real soon. No worries, Tim. Pleasure, mate. It's been good to talk to you guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Mark Coyne and to Alan Jones. Thank you to Spartan Sports, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.